You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Hello there, my friend, and we are back for another installment. And thank you so much for choosing to listen to me today. I really appreciate you. As you will know by now, this is the place where we chew on all the ways in which your brand meets the humans you serve. I'm Shelley, I'm your host on this conversational journey, and today I am going to hone in on an aspect of how you show up for the people around you. This is something that's been playing and rattling around at the back of my brain for a little while, and I haven't known really how to articulate why I think it's a thing. But I'm going to have a go at it now with you because I think having been on this Indiana Jones adventure of trying to think about what I think a subject matter expert is and possibly when they become thought leading, I think my brain has finally gotten to a point of understanding that there is a dichotomy to when you are inspiring someone versus when you are actually just throwing so much out there in your passion to get it out that you are quite frankly intimidating people. Does this ever cross your mind? Maybe it's happening right now with you either in what you're doing with your clients or possibly in your experience of somebody else right now. Now, this is going to really be heavily tainted on my subjective opinion, and I can appreciate that, right? But hopefully you can listen with that in mind and then just check in with yourself on what you think and whether this is a thing for you too. Why do I think this is important? Well, because how we behave and we project ourselves to the outside world has an impact on who we attract to work with us. And then as a result, it affects your quality of life and work. That's why it's important to know when and if what you think of as inspiring is actually being experienced as intimidating. Now, as coaches, consultants, mentors or advisors to others, I would hope we would really rather not intimidate our clients. In my experience, that's always been a tactic that disengages or shortens the lifetime you actually have with a client. I'm going to come at this from an observational point of view so that it possibly helps you to just calibrate where you are on this spectrum. You may think at the moment that you inspire your clients to think differently, change or take action. But what if you're just overwhelming them and pushing them into action because they want to keep you happy and they're really not bought in for the right reasons? Now, this does not mean you have bad intentions. 
it may just mean that you have to tweak your approach and dial down certain elements uh, and even simplify ways in which you can motivate their thinking or action. They need to feel an internal earthquake to do something for themselves because that will instill longer lasting change. I want to probably start by saying that we need to be aware that there may well be wolves amongst the sheep here. This is a bit of a sidestep from someone being intimidating but actually having good intentions as a whole. What I'm talking about here is that I feel that there are those people that project a, an inspiration sheen by focusing on specific things to elevate their position and in a planned way subconsciously intimidate you into believing that they hold the secret to abundance that you seek and you should do what they do to get what they have. Intimidation tactics baked with ill-conceived intentions thrive in flooding you with shiny, attractive, golden objects. Lots of subtle, barely recognizable threads that you don't know enough. And you're in desperate need of their wisdom in order to achieve great things. We all know one or two of these people, right? But this relationship to me just shouts parasitic. One party exploiting the other for personal gain. These are the wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay, let's do a Mr. Miyagi here and wax off and wax on, all right? Let's wipe wax off, our minds clear of these ill-intentioned wolves and clear the way, wax on, for what I do want to focus on today. And that is inspiration. Inspiration for me is a beautiful chemical mix of a new idea or way of thinking that ignites a spark from deep within you and pushes you out of your seat and makes you want to go and do or create something. It's an internal earthquake caused by an outside event, action, idea or person. The relationship here is symbiotic. There's a mutually beneficial relationship between the two parties or things. How does that sound? I'm just I'm getting the buzz just talking about it, right? Inspiration is what we are going for as consultants, coaches or mentors who are called in to help transform and improve our clients' condition. Fair enough? Makes sense? Great. Let's get to some examples to help demonstrate what I'm talking about here. And what I'll also do is just link back to subject matter experts at the end so you can see how this affects you, your audiences, and how you present your brand to the outside world. I want to preface what I'm about uh, to share by saying that this is my opinion, once again, and has been 
my experience. It's not a reflection of the people I'm going to use as examples, but it may well be feedback for them that not everyone's experience of them is as they would want it to be. And you know what? That's okay, because also I may well just not be their audience at all. So there's that element to think of as well. I opened this discussion a little bit on LinkedIn and that did come up as a point. So thanks, Andrew of Andrew and Preet. He said, maybe that just means you're just not aligned with that person. And I think there is an element of truth to that. So we will obviously gravitate more towards people we are more aligned to. But I think this whole subject hangs a little bit higher than that. But here we go. See what I've got to say and then see how you think at the end. I'll start with an example um, of inspiration for me. So who or what have I experienced that sparked an internal earthquake for me and people who were with me at the time? So first example. <laughs> Drew Davis, he seems to make it quite often onto my show, right? Now, I've mentioned him loads before, and he is the epitome of inspiration for me, really. But here's an example of how he inspires me. Now, Drew is not just incredibly smart, but he's also a really great communicator. He knows his subject very well, and he also takes an inordinate amount of time to translate what he teaches people into superb metaphors and stories that are spoken in real terms, which are approachable, and they really grab you straight in the heart and the head in equal measures. Now, Drew does not promise the world to you. He opens up an idea to show you how many opportunities there are for possibilities to think in different ways or solve complex problems in much simpler ways. And sometimes when he speaks or works with a client, he'll even give them a framework to go away and practice and experience the results for themselves. So let me share one of the ways in which he inspired me directly. So a few years ago, he gave a keynote presentation for an online event I was attending. It's actually Atomicon uh, during the pandemic. And in the talk, he spoke about how he thinks that our world is just flooded with thousands, if not millions of experts. The world doesn't need more experts, he said, but the world, he feels, needs more visionaries. All right. And he said one of those ways to go about it is that experts need to actually go on a quest. Yay. It's already getting into my adventure streak, right? Go on a quest to find the question that Google can't answer. And along the way, you will find your vision. So I started years later after that on my quest to find a modern day understanding of a subject matter expert. And you're on that journey with me at the moment, aren't you? So I am finding that I'm getting closer to my own vision, but he's inspired me to take that quest and get onto that uh, adventure of mine. I haven't bought anything yet from Drew. I will if I can. <laughs> but I do talk about him all the time. I will literally fly to see him speak if I can. I've actually met him one-on-one -on -one and chatted to him. He's very approachable and he's very much in real life as he is on stage. 
I recommend his YouTube channel to clients, particularly for his body of work on customer loyalty. And if anyone asked me for a speaker on customer experience, Drew is the person I would put forward hands down every time. Now that's an example of someone inspiring me and look at all the things that I do just because I'm inspired by that person or by the idea that he spurred in me. Now let's talk about someone who doesn't inspire me, although I see he does inspire other people. However, sometimes I can see that the inspiration is a little bit skewed towards overwhelm, bordering on intimidation of the sheer mountain climb to almost be inspired by that thing or that uh, idea that the person is uh, sharing. So who am I talking about? Gary. So Gary V, or if you haven't come across him, full name Gary Vanachuk, is the owner of Vanamedia. And he he basically is incredibly prolific on his social media channels. So if you don't know him, go and check him out. You cannot miss him. All right. Now, Gary is very much like Marmite and it's taken me a while to really get. I think this is, was the problem for me is I didn't really understand him as a person, but I think I've gotten to understand him a little bit more and where he's coming from. I respect the business wonders that he has created over decades. I love his origin story. I have to say, I will actually now take a bit more time to listen to him more than I did years ago. I feel like he's mellowed a little bit and tempered, but only if he's in an interview or a conversation or a discussion of sorts with people um, and really only in small measures. Again, this is very personal, right? The challenge for me with Gary Vee is that while everything he says on teachers is technically correct and he has a fascinating finger on the pulse of where things are going, there's quite a leap from where he is to where his audience are. And unfortunately, the audience don't always realize, you know, the disparate differences and the gazillion steps between where they are and where he is. And to give credit to Gary, he does actually keep trying to say that and remind people not to compare themselves to him, right? But if we just look at the sheer amount of content that he generates as one small element to talk about. He speaks regularly about how you should be doing something similar to what he is, right? But for a normal person on their own trying to make it in their business, they will not have the ability to match the velocity and rate at which Gary does things. And Gary doesn't necessarily say that we need to do that exactly, but he is an example to the people that follow him. So if he inspires people, they will want to emulate that. And unfortunately, they will get really quickly burnt out in the process. The key being that Gary actually has loads of people around him, you might not see them on camera, to record and capture him and then divvy up all of his thoughts that he puts across on camera. They will put that in all those different shapes and forms and distribute that across multiple platforms for him, right? Whereas mere mortals trying to grow an audience or community do not have that extra team. Plus, what they don't have is the big business machine that's sitting behind all that stuff you're seeing on the surface. But again, I don't think it's his intention to misdirect people at all, because technically what he's saying is true at the heart of it. But his own execution makes it 
a little impossible for us to keep up with them. So I guess what I'm trying to get across is that as subject matter experts, we want to weigh up two sides to spurring action or change for our clients. If inspiration is one of the tools in your toolbox, make sure it's the kind of inspiration that is energizing and freeing and not scary or physically unobtainable and therefore setting them up for disappointment or even worse, burnout. How does that sit with you? Was that a relevant nuance to pick up on? I think in my head I've managed to nail down why I was getting a little bothered that not everyone who said that they were inspiring is indeed inspiring. Although we are all different and you and I both know that it's important to ensure that whatever we're doing, we are making sure we get periodic feedback from our target audiences or ideal clients. We want to know that we are actually models of excellence for our clients and we're not these giants that seem to be really unreachable. So let's link this back to your brand strategy. This is something that will flavor and color in your personal brand and reputation for people. So do a little self check-in. Make sure that what you're saying and doing is aligned with your approach principles and values And more importantly, that these are intentionally entwined into your brand experience. If one of your experience traits is in fact inspiration, make sure that this is what your clients are actually experiencing in the way that they want to experience it. And it's not a pressure of overwhelm and misalignment. Just as an aside, I use the term experience trait inside my group program as a way of distinguishing these from your personality traits. Now personality traits are how you want to be perceived and experienced and are part of how you would craft your brand personality. Experience traits however are the top four to five things that you want every client to feel when they come into contact with you if they work with you or they touch your brand in any way. They are the bones to your brand experience. Does that make sense? So there's a difference there between brand personality and brand experience. Okay, so my overriding message is let's just make sure that we are always here to serve and support. The better you get at nailing down what that looks and feels like for your tribe, then you can bring that input back into your brand experience and the delivery of your work and everything will feel energized and aligned. And that's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. Did the nuance between inspiring and intimidating help at all? Do you think that maybe over the years you've strayed into intimidating clients into action because you were overridden by your positive intentions to just do right by them? How do you feel about it now? 
Maybe you've already picked up on this and have started to make those adjustments. What did you change? Have you seen a marked difference in the quality and the lifetime of the clients that you have in front of you now? Who do you know who could do with hearing this conversation? Hey, if you wanted to work with someone on it, share it with a trusted friend or colleague. I'll get them up to speed and then you guys can put some time in the diary and go and sit in a lovely coffee shop and do some work on it. And remember, let me know if you do. Find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. Tag me, send me a picture. Let me know that you're working on this. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, my friend, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at ShellyRosland.com.